This is Wonder Time. I'm Emmy. And I'm Audrey. This is a unique series that takes a perspective of investigating the world around us through the eyes of nature. We'll discover themes, tell fun stories, weave together facts, and pose ongoing questions to spark curiosity and wonder. Our first series is Life Through the Spectrum. Using science, art, examples in nature, and themes throughout human history, we will discover the amazing phenomena of the seven colors of the rainbow. In our first episode, you will see there is a reason this color comes first. It's a color for all people. It doesn't matter the gender, the race, culture, or background. At the same time, it's empowering and unifying. Let's take a look. Red is used to grab our attention. Let's first explore where red shows up in nature. Red in nature comes in small forms. We see it in berries like cranberries, raspberries, strawberries, lots of different little fruits. And there are flowers like red roses and red begonias. There are actually only 40 different types of red flowers. And then you see little insects like red ladybugs and there's other colors of ladybugs as well but it's the red ones that have a chemical in their shell that birds dislike so they know not to eat them. And don't forget the red ants called fire ants which can support up to 1,000 times their own body weight. Wow yeah so if you do a little study of red in nature you'll see that they tend to come in small forms and there's not many big things that are colored red and there's a reason for this because red tends to cause people to have extreme reactions and it's used to catch our attention like stop signs, stop lights, fire trucks, sirens, a bullfighter's cape, the red carpet. Ladies love to wear red dresses, especially when they're flamenco dancing, tangoing and salsaing. Mm-hmm. It embodies passion and heat. Think of red high heels and red lips and rouge. Yeah, it's hot. And red is extreme. It represents love the heart, St. Valentine's Day and roses and chocolate covered cherries. And also lust and bold sexuality, like neighborhoods labeled red light districts, which shows up in the book The Scarlet Letter, as well as the red capes in The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, those are two crazy extremes. And then red is also fierce. It's powerful. It's the color of our muscles. So we see it in sports teams and company logos and national flags. A man wearing a suit and a red tie represents domination, power, authority. Definitely. It also shows up in hatred and anger. Have you ever seen red? been so angry you couldn't see straight. Genetic science is even able to associate red hair with fiery dispositions. Yeah, the science has shown that people get more mad when they're cut off by a red car than any other color car. Police officers pull over more red cars and more frequently. Yeah, so uh, another example is in business. Being in the red can be a strategic business move like taking a loan, but on the flip side, it can also indicate desperate times. And then there's also the red pen from when we were in grade school, like editing papers and giving us A pluses or D minuses. Yes, and in China, the color red is actually an extremely lucky color. It's linked to the element of fire. Traditionally, in China, brides wear a red dress at their wedding. Oh, that's different. Children even color their son red. Oh, that's so odd to me. Well, it's really fascinating the way the eye picks up red. There are millions of what are called cones in the eye, and cones pick up color. And about 66% of these cones are geared towards picking up red color. Mm. And the other 
two cones are geared for picking up green colors and blue colors. Wow. It's interesting that when our eye sees red, it actually, it picks it up like red is coming towards us. And it makes me think of an example in the movie, The Wizard of Oz, the ruby red slippers, everyone knows. Oh, uh uh-huh. I recently learned that in the book, the slippers were actually silver. No way. Yeah. It got me to thinking, why would the movie producers switch the color? The Wizard of Oz was one of the first movies to be done in full color rainbow spectrum. So obviously they wanted a color like a bright red, a brilliant red that would just jump off the screen. Oh yeah. Wow. That's really smart. Well, language is actually similar. They've found when studying cultures around the planet that black and white was labeled first. Mm -hmm. Cultures came up with names for black and white first. And then when it comes to color, red was the first color that they named. So there's a hierarchy when it comes to naming colors and languages. And then blues and greens and yellows and browns and purples and pinks came after red. Well, maybe the reason that red is one of the first colors named is because it's the color of our blood. You know, our hearts pump blood. It's a carrier of life force to the body. Oh, yeah. Blood loss ends the life. And it also is the beginning of our life through the birthing process. And it symbolizes fertility. Yeah. When you transition from girlhood into womanhood. Blood rituals, something that we've seen throughout history. Sacrifices, whether it's animals or people. A lot of religions use blood ceremonies and it's a big part of Lent in the sense uh, on Good Friday, Catholics only eat fish because it's a bloodless animal. That makes me think about the cardinals in the Catholic Church that wear the bright red robes. Uh-huh. And then the cardinal bird, which is also that bright red, beautiful bird. Yeah, It signifies martyrdom, that if the person's wearing that red color, that they're willing to sacrifice mm. their themselves for their religion. Oh, wow. That's interesting. In mythology, there's a figure called the red phoenix, and this is a red bird that bursts into flames it dies and then it regenerates itself out of its own ashes in astrology aries has the tendencies to be energetic and forceful and outgoing it's also they can be also headstrong pioneering yeah they have strong vitality and they also enjoy being physically active very very passionate people and mars represents the sign aries and mars is a red planet there's iron oxide in the crust of yes. this planet. Speaking of iron, in New England, you know, the, the famous red barns? Uh-huh. Well, they originally were painted with a mixture of iron oxide. Oh, interesting. Which was drawn from pigments in the clay soil or sometimes with linseed oil, which is a tawny colored oil, actually painted on the barns. And the reason that they did that was to preserve the wood, but also they found that it kept the barns warmer in the winter because the color absorbed more of the sun's rays than the natural wood color. And sometimes they would even use blood from slaughter of an animal, Uh (laughs) which would make it more of a dark red. But, you know, once they came up with regular paint, they just started painting it red. Wow. I mean, that moves us more into painting, which is so fascinating because paint was created in a lab in, you know, the 1900s. But before that, for hundreds of years, centuries and millennium, people painted. And so they got all their color from nature and earth pigment was a very common resource. And it's really interesting to look at Renaissance paintings and how they use different colors. And a lot of it came from from the earth and different places in the lands where the soil had this 
pigment color in actually in the soil. And Hmm. it's just really interesting. One like really fun example is sienna, like burnt sienna. That's a very common color. Uh It actually comes from a land in Italy that there was a city state in that area called Siena. And so the earth pigment they got from that area is is called burnt sienna. Interesting. Back in, in ancient Egypt, they would use earth pigment as makeup. Oh, that's right. A lot of cultures use it on their skin, like makeup, but also um, to protect their skin from the elements. And they would also use it on wood, like the barns to preserve the wood, like on meeting houses and war canoes and different artwork. And then there were some minerals that were also used in painting. And these this, this was how they would get the really vibrant colors because earth pigments would be more earthy looking, mm-hmm. but the minerals would provide this vibrant color. Like when we see paintings of Mary and she's wearing a vibrant red colored cloak, this is what came from cinnabar and vermilion, mm-hmm. which are bright colored minerals. They're also high in arsenic. So it was actually really toxic for people to handle them and they had to be very careful. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that sounds that sounds quite dangerous. Um there's also a really interesting red pigment that believe it or not comes from a bug. Oh, wow. It's an insect called yeah, called a, a cochineal. Mhm. Okay. And it was it was worshiped next to gold by the early Aztecs. Oh, wow. Something like that is a resource that is coveted so it must have divided the class structure. Yeah, it was. It took 70,000 insects to make a single pound of this red dye. But, you know, if you're thinking these ancient people were crazy, you'll probably be surprised to find out that these insects are still used in many household items today, <laughs> including Campari, sausage, jams, cosmetics, maraschino cherries, <laughs> and even the Starbucks strawberry frap. Although I think they've changed that since the vegan outcry. Yeah. So then when this was synthesized, when this color was synthesized and created at lower costs, then the aristocrats moved on to other colors and other ways of being special and showcasing their wealth. The cochineal, actually, it's known as red dye E120. It's made a comeback, actually, um, because a lot of people now, they don't want the toxic produced chemicals that, of red dyes in their foods. Oh, yeah. It's healthier. Yeah, it's, it's protein. I could see that. Okay, so last but not least, we're going to move on to defiance and revolutions. Yes. And this is a really fun one. So to start it off, we'll talk about the Bakkens. If you were around in the Middle Ages in the Northern European waters, a ship in combat would hoist this long red streamer called the Bakkens, and it was a signal the ship and its occupants were ready for battle. And the size, according to record, was 30 yards long by two yards high. And this is the same distance between two bases on a baseball diamond. Wow. So the Bakkens was a battle cry that no prisoners would be spared, no surrenders fight to the death. Oh my gosh, that's intense. Well, and it's actually, the Bakkens is considered to be a direct ancestor of the red flag. So the color red has been used in flags as a symbol for centuries. Um, For example, in the 17th century, a besieged castle or city would raise a red flag to tell the attackers that they would not surrender. In the French Revolution, the red flag was very prominent and people in the Paris crowds would, would even wear these red caps, which was a symbol of liberty. And it was modeled after the caps worn 
born in ancient Rome by the freed slaves. Ah, and then when Italy was formed into a nation, Giuseppe Garibaldi was a figure that helped with this, and his volunteers wore red shirts. He was, he's a really interesting character to read about. He was a bit controversial and very skilled and smart, and there were people that believed in him and followed him and volunteered for him, and they called themselves the red shirt. Well, you know, even recently I heard in Peru there was some big uprising and the people were wearing red shirts, so it must be continuing. Uh-huh. And then we also have, think of like red and black or red and yellow, mm-hmm. which embodied the fight for liberty seen in workers' movements and socialism, communism, and those revolutionary posters throughout history, like yep. Che Guevara's poster is one is one example. Definitely. It makes me think of the Russian Revolution. This was a long and extended revolution, but one part of it took place in October. In October, and it was a pivotal insurrection. It was a refusal to obey orders, and they named it Red October. And then the red flag has also become well known, representing Russia and also the Soviet Union. And there's also the red flag of China, that really bright red flag with just the five yellow stars. And that came about when the Communist Party of China took over power in 1949. Before then, there were just all sorts of different flags throughout the country with all different colors, but that red flag really brought the country together. And like you said before, there's different little groups that pop up. There were several in the 60s and 70s. Mm. They were paramilitary extremist groups. One was the Red Army faction in Germany. There was the Japanese Red Army. And then in Peru, there was also another group called the Shining Path Maoist Movement. Well, we can really see that defiance, revolution, liberty, they all call red to their side. We can see the power of the color red across cultures and throughout history. There really is a true potency to the color red. It shows up in small packages, but it really delivers a punch. Yeah, red grabs us and demands attention. It stands out and catches the eye. It embodies strength and power. And it calls us to action, fires us up, it brings us together, it ignites the passion of love and also war. Red is a mighty force. We've only just scratched the surface and we hope this episode inspires further exploration. There's so much more to color than meets the eye. And in case you're wondering, we know that it's bold of us to take on such a visual topic through the auditory medium of a podcast. We hope that our words are able to paint a picture that will tantalize your imagination and get your wheels turning about the fast world of color. Until next time. Bye for now. 